out of John 13, 11, out of the message. After, after he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to the place at the table. Then he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. But if you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We come before you with open hands, open minds. God, we invite you to reveal whatever you want to us today. God, we just want to leave here changed for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was, uh, I was driving down PCH the other day, and man, that is really loud. And I remember this time on the 4th of July, if, if you've grown up in Orange County or been to Huntington Beach uh, during the 4th of July, you'll know that they do a fireworks show there. And I was re- remembering this time that it was a few years ago, I'm driving down, we're, we're going to go watch fireworks on the beach, and, and there's no parking anywhere, right? The parking lot's full, all the neighborhoods are full, there's nowhere to go. But on PCH, in between about... Beach Boulevard and Brookhurst, there's a few miles of shoulder. But there's clearly posted, do not park, we will tow your butt. And, you know, it's tempting. There's all this room, there's no place to park. Of course, me and the family, we didn't park there because we're law-abiding citizens. But as we're driving, I see... One car kind of pulled over. I don't know if they're parking there. Maybe they're just unloading. And then all of a sudden, another car kind of parks to unload, and another car, and another car, and another, and another, and another, and another. And all of a sudden, the whole, like for a mile, there's cars that are just illegally parked. And I, I already know what they're thinking. They're going, hey, clearly a posted no parking sign. That's all right. There's 100 cars here. There's safety in numbers. What are they going to do? Tow us all? So they all went and enjoyed the fireworks show. And I always wondered kind of what happened with that. You know, did, did we make the mistake? Should we have broken the law a little bit? Just a little bit. And I, I ran into a tow truck driver uh, a few months later, and I asked him about it. I was like, hey, it's kind of been nagging me. On, on 4th of July, I don't know if you work in the area. He's like, oh, PCH. I'm like, go on. He's like, it was the most profitable day of the year. (laughs) He's like, you know, there's 10 of us tow truck drivers that kind of caught on to this. And they towed something like 30 cars each in like an hour and a half. It was amazing. If you were one of those cars towed, sorry, but you deserved it. (laughs) I mean, you broke the law. But, you know, it's funny because there's this conception sometimes and a misconception that there's safety in numbers. If this guy's doing it, uh, and that guy's doing it, and that lady's doing it, I could do it. 
And, and I don't even know if the first person was actually parking there. Maybe they were following a leader, but really there wasn't a leader. <laughs> You've probably heard your mom say it or your dad when you're a kid, when you do something stupid that your friend did. Well, I was just following them. Well, if they jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? Well, if there was like a lake underneath it, maybe I might jump off a cliff, but that's... And then I, I was also reading about uh, last year at Starbucks, there was these people that paid for the person behind them's coffee. 378 people. And my first kind of negative reaction was like, who is the jerk 379? <laughs> who is that guy? But here, here's... If you are along the same line, think as me, here's kind of the other side of the argument. Who was the jerk 380 that ordered like the 14 lattes, the, the Cinnabons and all that stuff? And they're like, yeah, we'll pay for that guy behind us. They're like, well, that's going to be $118.24. Ah, I guess it's not going to be a 379. You see, a lot of times people are kind of looking for someone to follow, whether it's to illegally park or maybe to have a random act of kindness, you know, buying a coffee for someone. And it just takes one person to start it. One, one person decided, you know what? I paid for my $20 la- latte or whatever Starbucks charges. <laughs> and... I'm definitely not getting sponsored by Starbucks today. (laughs) Dang it, they're going to pull my sponsorship. So so I paid for my $20 latte, and I'm going to pay for the guy behind me. And I wonder how often if we did that, that next person would do the same thing. Or maybe holding the door open for someone. I mean, if, if you were to hold the door open for someone, would they hold it for the next person? You, you see the, the Coca-Cola commercial and it's similar themed where you know you you do something good for someone else and they're so appreciative they kind of do it for someone else but it's that first decision right 312 number 312 well they got the coffee bought for them so it's only natural that they would buy it for someone else but that first it's it's about that first person that causes the chain reaction and we have a tremendous opportunity every day to be that first person You know, a lot of times I look at <laughs> the culture and society and kind of who we're following and who we all want to be like, and uh, I looked it up on the internet like most influential people, and that list is a joke. Um, I'm not going to get into any names, Kanye West, and <laughs> as, I, as I was really beginning to think, like, who as a culture, who, who are we following? Most of the time, just in mind, this is just me, most of the time they're just rich, famous people that are unhappy, that buy a lot of things and, and get into trouble. But mainly they're just rich and famous. And I'm going, I mean, out of, out of all the people to want to be like, that's probably not the people that we want to be like. I mean, if you've ever met anyone or known someone that's known someone that was like really rich and really famous, a lot of times they're pretty unhappy. Because money doesn't really buy you happiness. It will buy you a sea-doo. Sea-doos will bring you happiness. But 
But, you know, everyone wants to be famous, but do you really want the paparazzi to be taking pictures of you all day? Man, I, please, no. I can barely handle Instagram around me. That's, that's too much for me. Getting, dodging selfies when you're walking down the street. You ever been there? You're like, I don't want to be in your picture. Stop taking a picture of me. But you see, we have something innate in our DNA that wants to follow people. It's just a part of who we are, right? We're, we, we just want to be communal. We want, we want someone to follow us. We want to follow someone else. That's why governments work and dictators, because people want that protection of following someone. It's just, it's just in us. And I think one of the reasons it's in us is because God is saying, hey, I'm, I'm right here. Hello, doing the voice thing with this finger. I'm right here. I'm a pretty good guy to follow. You can follow me. I put the DNA in you. You want to follow someone? I'm a pretty good option. But we follow Kanye West. Isn't that kind of silly? It's, it's silly here on a Sunday morning. But when we're spending our time throughout the week, it... it you know, like I, I think of myself, like how, if I read my Bible as much as I checked my Facebook and Instagram, oh my, I would be like levitating up here, just so holy, <laughs> like just floating. <laughs> yet, yet really, I'm like literally like following, like that's what it's called. Like I'm literally following these people. And we have someone better to follow. And this is not a... Turn off your Instagram. <laughs> Not sponsored by Instagram either. Jeez, I'm losing sponsorships left and right. But this is a opportunity. You see, a lot of times we follow people that have a lot of charisma. I think throughout history, there's been some very charismatic people um, that got a lot of followers and did some really bad things. But as people were kind of drawn to charisma, right? Like, man, that guy, that actor, that, you know, that politician, they just, when they speak, they're just, oh, it's just wonderful. It makes me feel, it feels so truthful, but it's not. And we know it's not, yet we still follow. I mean, how many of us here, by a show of hands, think that most politicians aren't 100% truthful? Okay, so most of us believe that. Yet, we've all voted knowingly for people that completely lie. Just, com- I mean, regardless of what side. But it's like, oh, but they're, they can read off a teleprompter like nobody's business. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they said that they were going to get me a better job and raise minimum wage. I'm voting for that guy. I'm like, well... So did the last guy, and he didn't do that for you. Yet we're drawn to this charisma, not the character. You see, charisma can get you in the door, but your character will keep you there. You see, charisma can get you in the door, but character will keep you there. You know, you could, <laughs> you could nail your job interview. I mean, just nail that sucker. Man. Boom, boom, boom. I got the resume, got all that. They love you. 
that first day of work, man, if you suck, <laughs> they're going to be like, man, he nailed the interview, but he is not a good worker. She is not a good worker. They have no idea what they're doing. That's a problem. You see, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Which seems a little conceited. You first read, you're like, oh, wait a minute, buddy. You're asking me to follow you? Aren't you just a fallen human like me? No, he's not. He's perfected in Christ. He makes that pretty clear. You see, Paul was so wrapped up and so confident in his pursuit or following or in listening to the direction of God, he was okay with saying, follow me. I mean, how how many of us could really say that? And that's kind of heavy. <laughs> You're like, hey, right, um, just, you want, you want to have a good life? Okay, do exactly what I'm doing. Ooh, that's some pressure right there. Right? A little, little easier said than done. But, but Paul somehow, he has the confidence not just to say it, but to write it. <laughs> that's pretty bold. So in order to look how Paul led, you have to look how Christ led, right? We just read here in the message, he washed feet. What? No. I mean, if you were to go to the, the boss of your work or, or a politician or, or anyone in authority above you and took your shoes off, brought a little bathtub and some soap and warm water, you're like, hey, I just read this verse. I was wondering if you could wash my feet. <laughs> I mean, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound very fun, especially if you're the leader, right? If you're, if you're the follower, you're like, hey, yeah, they should definitely wash my feet. But once someone's following you and they're like, hey, um, it's time for you to wash my feet. You're like, ah, have you seen your feet? You wear sandals all the time, man. Come on. But he led like that. And I think that that's what we have to remember is that Jesus was a pretty humble dude. And if he can serve, we probably can too. Like, he's God. And he served. That blows my mind. I mean, would I even do that? I have a hard time serving, and I'm equal. I mean, we're, we're all equal, of equal value and importance. <laughs> and we have a hard time serving each other. But, you know, if Jesus can do it and he asks us to do it, I think we might try to do it. I don't know. I'm going to read... Uh, Mark 10, verse 42, it says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. 
Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah, I was, I was reading up in the chapter, so that was verse 42. In, in verse 32, uh, Jesus, in, in the, the big letters in the Bible, they summarize for those of you, who are, it, it's not a verse, but the big letters before the verse, it actually is kind of telling you what it's about. Keep that one for free. And uh, it says, Jesus predicts his death a third time. So they're like walking down the road from Jerusalem. I'm summarizing this. And Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be delivered to the priests. They're going to flog him, kill him. In the three days, he will rise. And then uh, that's verse 34. So Jesus says that. And then James and John, I'm going to go ahead and just read it because it's too much to even make up. The sons of Zebedee came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? And said, let us sit at your right and on your left in your glory of your throne. And I was going, wait a minute. So verse 34, Jesus says, uh, I'm going to get killed. And they're going to flog me, and then I'm going to rise again. And then uh, James and John are like, cool. So uh, we have a favor for you to ask. (laughs) The nerve in these guys. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. I mean, maybe there's some time there. I don't know. But it's just, it's kind of wild. But Jesus goes on to say that he came to serve, not to be served. That's because leadership has never been about the leaders, right? It's about the people. That's why we have leaders. That's why God kind of established that, because it's, when you get placed into leadership, it's not about you being placed into leadership so that you can get more attention. It, it's about, you know, th- these people that you have influence with or over, they, they, they need you. They need your protection. They, they need your counsel. They, they need whatever it is that you've placed over them in that capacity. And that's what I think that we have to remember because in our celebrity culture, we're all trying to be leaders influential, not us, of course, not, not the people in here, but everyone except us, <laughs> is trying to be leaders and being influential, but, but really we just want to be famous and rich. They, they want to be famous and rich. But, but leading isn't about being famous and rich, it's about protecting people, it's, it's about being over them, it's, it's about what Jesus did, dying for them. That doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't want to sign up for that. So we all have these different parts to play, right, in leaders. And I think that sometimes we get a little wrapped up in that because I want to be the president of the United States. Well, there can only be one president of the United States. But everyone else is pretty important. Anyways, I'm going to read to you Romans 12 uh, out of the message because um, I like how the message phrases some things. So if you want to look it up, Bible Gateway or something, or you can buy the message. It says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning 
and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we would amount to much. We wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellence formed and marvelously functions parts of Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we are made to be. Without envious or prideful comparing of ourselves or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's word, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teachings. If you give encouragement, be careful not to get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you worked with a disadvantage, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teachings. Man, that's really cool. There's something comforting about knowing that regardless of your area, your calling, your gifting, it's just as important. And if you're, if you're helping people out, that's great. Help them out. Just do your thing. If you're going to teach, teach. It's, it's, when we think of it in this context, it's, it's, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, you're like, well, the hand doesn't feel very important, but if you cut them off, you would be kind of sad without them. And you're like, well, the liver is all mad because the liver thinks that no one is talking about him on any TED Talks and how to keep them healthy, so the liver's going to strike. Or your heart, you know, and we have to remember that it's all the same. We can't function without one another. And I think everyone's trying to be the face. Everyone's trying to be rich and famous or, you know, whatever. It's like, the spleen is very important. Your toes are very important. Yeah, but, but no one sees me unless you wear flip-flops, so I don't feel very important. You're like, no, trust me, toes, you're so important. Your knees are saying to your calves, like, hey, calves, we don't need you. We're the knees. We're more prominent than you. And you're like, no, you're not. But there's so much that, that goes on, and even within ourselves, we, we, we feel this discontentment about who we are and, and, and what are we doing, and we're not important. And that's just a lie. So if, you, if you're here today and you say, Spencer, I don't feel very important, I want to let you know you are absolutely vital to your surroundings. 100%, it cannot function without you, without your gifting, without you stepping into where God is calling you to go. And we need to have that perspective that, you know what? They need me. Not because I'm so good. No, they, they need me because I, I need to serve. They, they need so, someone needs to wash the feet. And their feet are dirty. I need to wash them. Someone needs to wash these. So, there's people out there that are poor. Someone has to bring them the food. But the, but the person delivering the food can't say to the person working, hey, you should be working 
delivering the food because the person working is providing the financial resources to buy the food to give to the people. We all just have to be content at where we're doing. Just, all right, Lord, what do you want me doing? You want me to do that? I'm there. Done. You see, in leading, it's tough. Yeah, I look at David's life, right? And David, King David, for me, he's like one of the, like the, he's like the man for leading. I mean, he led all of Israel and and then he had the son who was like the richest, wisest man in all the world. And when I, look at, when I look at David's life, I'm like, man, I want that. And he kicked the enemy's butt. He took names. And he, he, from his lineage, Christ was born. That's awesome. But then you're like, hey, Spence, do you want to fight a lion? I'm like, nah, not too much. I'll go without the lion. You're like, well, how about the bear? I'm like, nah, I'll pass on the bear. You're like, how about the giant? I'm like, nah, just... I'll pass on the giant too. Like, well, well, how about running for your life from the current king, Saul, even though you had been anointed king? Like, nah, I can go without that too. And sometimes if you're being called to a high level, there's going to be some obstacles. Lucky for us, we win. Might be a little scary going up to that giant. Might be like, that dude's like twice my size right now. And I got a rock and a piece of leather. But we win. I think the problem is people, <laughs> people want to be king, but no one wants to fight Goliath. We all want to be influencers, but we don't want the pressure of having followers. Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-one says, fire tests the purity of of silver and gold, but a person is tested by praise. Man, isn't that the truth? I remember there's a, a time where I had done something really well. It happened once. <laughs> and I remember there's a, people were coming up to me and they're like, you're, oh, that was amazing, you're great, like, oh, wonderful, awesome, oh. and I was like, I was feeling pretty good. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. The people like me. I did a good job. Man, I am anointed. Hello. And then God like spoke to me like in that moment. And he was like, if you live on the praises of men, you will die by the praises of men. Because that is true. It feels good when the people are shouting your name. When you scored that game-winning touchdown, you're feeling real good. But what happens when they boo you? So we can't be affected by either way. Now, that doesn't mean we're like, oh, no, please, please, it's all the Lord. I, I, I know, I know, it's all the Lord. Nothing, it, it, it isn't me. It's all the Lord. Don't be that religious person. (laughs) Just say thanks. But don't live on that praise because that same praise will kill you. You see, as a leader, (laughs) you're going to get a little hate. This is what happens. It's just... (laughs) It's just what happens. So do you want to be a leader? Because you're called to be a leader of something. 
might not be a Fortune 500 company. It might be a small business. It might be pastor of a mega church. It might be Chilton's church. But you're called. All of us here are called to be leaders. And this is my encouragement and my warning. People are not going to be too nice to you. But guess what? You're not following them. You're following Christ. And here, here's, I had a conversation with someone about leadership, and we were talking about some things and how the, the struggles of, of it and, you know, dealing with people and the rejection of that. And um, here's the bottom line. Here's the real nitty-gritty. You guys, can we get to the nitty-gritty of things? If you're a leader and you're influenced by your followers, you're not the leader. You're a follower. If you're a follower trying to influence your leader, you're just stupid. That's tough, though, when you're the leader. Because you, you like your followers. You want them to like you. And you're like, oh, man, this is what God is calling us to do. This is what we, we got to do. We got to do this, you know, this way, this way. But someone that is truly your follower is going to agree with you and come beside you and help you. And you might say to me, but yeah, but Spencer, you tell me I have to always listen to my leader. Look, don't, don't be stupid. Someone jumps off a cliff, don't jump off with them. But here's what I am saying. If God has called you to be under someone and to have them over you, you should consider what they're saying. And if you don't consider what they're saying to be from God or wise counsel, you might pray about who you're following. Because a lot of times we want to follow people because for whatever reason we want to, and then, but we don't really like what they're doing, so we're not actually following, and so we're kind of trying to influence them, so we're, we're, we're kind of leading, but kind of following, and kind of lead, and it's like, man, get under some strong leadership, and then you won't have to try to lead. You know, Exodus 21 says, you shall select from all the people able men, such as men that fear God, that are men of truth, hating covetousness, and place them over as rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. For me, that's very comforting. Because I know that not everyone is called to be rulers of thousands. And that's okay. He didn't call everyone to be rulers of thousands. He didn't call everyone to be rulers of hundreds. He didn't call everyone to be rulers of 50s. He might have called you to be the ruler of your household. And now you don't have to rule in every area of everything. You, you, might, be, you might be the worship leader, and you are the ruler of the worship team. But if you were to come to Jeremy and say, hey, uh, Jeremy, I need help building this. Jeremy's like, well, I'm, I'm the leader of the worship team. I, I'm not the leader of the construction team. Yeah, but you're the leader. No, but I'm, you're, you're, you're not getting it. I'm the leader of the worship team. That's, 
this is my area that I lead, but if I'm going into construction, I follow. You don't have to rule every single area of your life. You can follow. Because there is freedom in that. Man, there's so much. Because leadership is really for protection and vision. So if you're leading people and they don't feel protected, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. And if you don't have vision, you're doing it wrong. But I got great news. Man, if, if you can give protection to anyone, if you can give some guidance to anyone, man, you could help them and you can lead them. And say, Spencer, well, I'm, I just got saved. I, I don't really know much about that. Oh, good news is someone just got saved the day after you, so you know a little bit more. <laughs> I'm not very good at cooking. How could I teach someone else how to cook? Oh, the good news is someone knows less than you. Let's pray for whoever they're cooking for. <laughs> you see, we just have to follow Christ and not worry about who's following us. Not try to claw our way to the top. Because ultimately, it's not about us. It's about the people we're, we're providing protection for. Amen? And you have the mind of Christ. Ask him who to follow and ask him who to lead. It's as complex and as simple as that. Just ask him. Worship team, you can come up. You know, Jesus made a pretty big statement when he came down here. It's a little backwards, a little counterintuitive, right? This whole, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came for, to die for others. And it really was this, this model of, of leadership. Just like, I don't know, tithing. Wait, so you're telling me to, to give and it'll come back to me, pressed down, shaking together and running over. That doesn't make any sense. Wait, you're telling me that if I love more, I'll get more love. But that's a little backwards of the world, right? If you give something away, you have less. No, it's not like that in the kingdom. The kingdom's about serving. Yeah, but the leader should be served. No, the leader should serve. So if you're here today and you can serve, you can lead. Amen? Lord, we thank you so much for being the example. God, for humbling yourself, for dying for us, for going all the way, for accomplishing everything for us, God. Lord, we are just open vessels ready to do whatever you want us to do. If you want us to lead, we will lead. If you want us to follow, we will follow. Our sole ambition, our sole ambition, God, is to follow you. Lord, I thank you that you have equipped every single person in here. God, that they have been equipped for the ministry, 
the gospel. God, that they have the mind of Christ. That they have the patience. And we thank you, God. We thank you for the lives that are going to be changed by the people in here, by servant leadership. Father, that we'll be known as a people that are humble, that lead with strength and honor and service to the people under us. That this will be a place that people find protection and comfort because we're following the one that protects and the company.